Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Wanted to hop on real quick before we get into today's episode and let everyone know that the next seven-day fasting lifestyle challenge registration link is live. You can go to the show notes. Click the link for more details, or you can go to www.thefastingforlife.com forward slash live. Wanted to speak directly to you if you've been listening to the podcast, maybe you're new and just getting started, or maybe um, you've been fasting for a while and really trying to adopt that lifestyle and the scale just won't move beyond that two to four, three to five pounds each week, or maybe you feel like you've hit that dreaded weight loss plateau or maybe the hunger, or as my wife likes to say, the hangriness has snuck up and bit you on the backside and you just can't seem to get away from those cravings, or the consistency of your fasting schedule just isn't allowing you to get back on track if you've fallen by the wayside. This seven-day lifestyle challenge is exactly for you. It's coming up in the near future. Please don't miss out on this opportunity. We are super excited to be leveling up this experience and leaving that diet baggage behind, giving you the confidence and the habits to build that long-term weight loss and fasting lifestyle success. Go to the show notes, you can click the link, or www.thefastingforlife.com forward slash live. We will hope to see you on the inside. And now to today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier and I'm here as always with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott, how are you? Doing fantastic today, my friend. We are going to have an in-depth conversation around one of the uh, topics that is hard to nail down. And Mm. I'm being vague on purpose because that is a lot of what you will find and what you will read when we were talking about the category of uh, things that fall into the resistance category, like insulin Mm -hmm. resistance, for instance. So we're going to talk about in depth today, what leptin is, what leptin resistance is, and why it is a key component to getting the weight off, improving the quality of life, and being able to adapt a fasting lifestyle um, that's going to get you the results that you've truly been looking for. So I'm excited Mm -hmm. to dive into leptin resistance. It's something that we have not specifically talked about on this podcast. So if you're new, welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. Feel free to hop back in the time machine, go back a couple of years, listen to the first couple of episodes that we recorded when Tommy and I uh, were just getting our feet wet in figuring out how to tell our story of the success and um, how impactful fasting was on giving us our lives back. Uh, So feel free to go back. Those uh, episodes, if you've joined in the last few months and have been listening with us, uh, those first couple episodes had vanished off of our podcast platform. So I'm Mm -hmm. inviting all of you since about Thanksgiving, uh, since then, if you found us since Thanksgiving or around Thanksgiving up until now, feel free to go back, give those episodes a listen. It'll give you a little bit more insight 
into who we are and why we do this every single week. So, Tommy, <laughs> leptin resistance. So, uh, mm-hmm. let's. I, I think we're just going to run through it in in a pretty logical way, and then, as always, I'll give you guys an action step at the end on what you can do to find out if you have it, and when ultimately how fasting and the fasting lifestyle, on top along with some other adjunct things that we'll recommend. So we'll go over what leptin resistance is. Uh, is it good or bad, first of all? Uh, why it's important to know what the causes slash symptoms of it are. We'll talk a little bit about the crazy leptin life cycle and, and why uh, you kind of get stuck in the weight loss. You can't mm-hmm. just seem to get the weight off kind of vicious cycle. Um, and then we'll talk about the things that you can do today to actually help undo some of the signs and symptoms of leptin resistance. Wow. We've got a lot to unpack. And <laughs> yeah, I just feel like I talked for like seven minutes. So apologies. <laughs> uh, I just totally like ran through the entire kit and caboodle, but we are going to unpack it. No, absolutely. And the, the interesting thing is I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of folks listening are saying, well, what the heck is leptin? I've never even heard of that before. I mean, even going through um, you know, a, a physiology program, we, we didn't talk a whole lot about leptin. Um, there was a long time where it was very misunderstood or it wasn't understood to be a, a, a large contributing factor or an important component in what we're going to be talking about in, in weight and in overall health and overall balance for the body. Um, but if, if you have any amount of weight to lose, this becomes a very important chemical signal because it's the fat cells that are actually producing the leptin, trying to get a signal to the rest of your body and to your brain as a hormonal feedback loop. That's going to be a very important component. And when we get into the weight gaining camp, uh, like I was in for, for most of my, my childhood and adult life, a leptin imbalance can have a very uh, important contributing um, factor to that imbalance. Yeah, and it's, so really, if we're just gonna meet leptin for the first time, like it, it's really the hormone that regulates body weight. So leptin in its, in its essence as a s- individual hormone, it's produced by your fat cells. So you just alluded to the fact that the more, the bigger the fat cell, the more leptin that will be produced, and we'll share some mm-hmm. numbers on some research that kind of gives you the ideal range and it's it's a rolling average and it's something you want to take and you know look at in the fasted state etc but there's a correlation yeah. between increased BMI and um, the amount of leptin that's produced by your fat cells based on the amount of and the size of that of the fat mass itself so leptin is a good thing it is supposed to tell your body that you have enough energy stored and that you should burn calories at a normal rate or sometimes even an increased rate. So Mm -hmm. we're talking like a positive metabolism support hormone switch that is telling your body, hey, I've got what it needs. And that's why sometimes it's uh, referred to as the satiety hormone Mm -hmm. or the starvation hormone, depending on which, uh, you know, end of the spectrum you're looking at. And it it focuses primarily in an area of the brain that is called the hypothalamus, okay? Mm -hmm. And what we want just as an overview is to know is that leptin is supposed to tell your brain that you have enough fat stored, right? That's, I'm gonna say it again. But it's also (laughs) related to fertility, it's connected to the thyroid, which we're gonna mention, 
mm-hmm. um, immunity, and also overall brain function. So it's interesting of how of like how much of a key player leptin is, but then it has a compadre in this. It has it has an alter ego. It has an opposite in this equation called ghrelin that's also important. Yeah, and the crazy part about the leptin too is that when it's trying to signal something, if we are resistant to that signal, just like if we're resistant to the insulin signal, then all of a sudden those important messages fall on deaf ears where we have trouble regulating those hormones. We have trouble for the brain understanding how much fat is actually stored in the system. And and that's where we start to get that question of, man, I'm, I'm gaining weight. I'm feeling full all the time, like whenever I eat, but then I, I quickly feel hungry again. It, it feels like my body doesn't understand like that I have these, these fat stores, that I have enough fuel to live off of and to go off of. Um, it feels like I need to eat more, although I know intuitively I, I probably shouldn't be eating this much because the scale just keeps going up, right? And, and it, it almost feels like I'm being painted into a corner here. Yeah, leptin in a healthy state or a healthy balance with ghrelin is going to have natural hunger cues and natural satiety cues. So mm-hmm. leptin by itself should be telling your brain to decrease your food in, in, intake, increase your metabolic rate, increase your activity level, increase your temperature, right? So some of the signs and symptoms of leptin resistance are exactly the opposite of those things. So like you just alluded to, it's that... that um, that constant, you know, uh, craving for foods mm-hmm. that you may have just eaten, right? Yeah. It's, you always crave a certain sweet or a certain food sure, group yeah. and you eat it and then boom, it comes right back. Or right. <laughs> you've been inability to, so some of the other signs and symptoms, inability to lose weight, even with caloric restriction and extreme exercise. So we hear, mm-hmm. we hear this a lot with people that come in, they're 1,200, 1,000 calories a day and you're, they're working out five, six days a week, and they're not losing the weight, that's an indicator of leptin resistance. You're, yeah. th- that your brain is literally not getting those signals that your metabolism, you know, you, you smell a carbohydrate and you put on five pounds, right? You're like, oh, my metabolism must be tanked, right? You're putting on weight, even though you've attempted to lose it. Your body temperature is lower. Your resting heart rate is lower. Signs of hypothyroidism, estrogen dominance, low progesterone, low testosterone, high cortisol, which I want to come back to in a second, because high cortisol is part of the inflammatory component of this that blocks those leptin signals. So leptin is attached to a lot of different processes in the body, but it is that thing that's going to tell your body that it's okay to shrink those fat cells. You know, it's, Mm. it's, it's in the process of regulating bone mass, increasing heart rate, activation of the immune system, uh, increasing blood pressure. Uh, when these are when these are high levels that aren't being that your brain's not receiving the signals, it also is is part of the process of of regulating those thyroid hormones, regulating appetite and metabolism. It decreases ins- It's supposed to decrease insulin secretion, right? So when we talk about leptin resistance, we talk about insulin resistance. So it's connected to the takeaway message of that minute, minute and a half is um, (laughs) that there are a lot of different causes and it's also related to a lot of different things. So we're going to want to try to simplify it for you in, okay, do what do I have it, right? Mm -hmm. 
and then obviously what to do about it. So some additional symptoms, really the belly fat, the poor energy levels, you know, a lot of this is going to be resonating with a lot of you. If you've had the inability to lose the weight that you've been trying to get off for, for sure. weeks to months to decades. Yeah. And if you think about it, if, if my fat cells are trying to tell my brain, Hey, there's a lot of us around. We, there's a lot of fuel stored here. Um, and the brain should be like, okay, well, we're not that hungry. We don't need to bring in a whole lot of extra food. But if that's, if that signal is being muted right there, that can feel like exactly, um, the phrase is my metabolism slowed down at this point, because basically I can restrict my calories or I can control every one of them. I can count every one of them. And this is exactly where I was just a few years back, counting every single one of them going, I don't understand how I could be bringing in X and I know I'm burning Y and the scale is still going up. And it's because of these, this, this completely muted, imbalanced signaling system here. Yeah. So just it, and it gets frustrating because if you go and you look, and we're going to share some numbers in a minute, you too much leptin is just as bad as having no leptin, mm. right? So yeah. like we want that happy medium and that's what we need it. Yeah. We need it. Yeah. Our body absolutely needs it. So the stress, the poor sleep, the chronic inflammation, the higher cortisol from the stress, which then leads to higher levels of inflammation. Insulin resistance is also a part of this. Yeah. Um, you know, toxicity issues, uh, in certain types of infections. Um, you know, if you're someone that has a lot of digestive issues and food sensitivities and food allergies, that, that could be contributing to a leptin imbalance as well and your body not getting those proper signals. So mm -hmm. when we're looking at um, determining whether or not you have it, We've mentioned a lot of different signs or symptoms. So what should that range really be? And this range, like I said, is very variable. And I can speak from my to my own uh, numbers when I first went down this rabbit hole of it being, you know, blood sugar and maybe undiagnosed prediabetes when I was doing all of the right things, but not seeing the right results. I remember my leptin levels, my BMI was above 30. I had 177 point something pounds of lean muscle. I was a big power lifter type body type. Mm -hmm. And my leptin, when you look at some of the numbers that have been reported, this was a research article out of 1997 um, that looked at body mass index and the leptin levels. And it showed that when you get into those overweight category of BMI 25 or plus or obese category 30 or plus, the high end of the leptin range was up in the 50s, 60s, and even 70s. And when you mm. get into the morbid obese, the 35 plus, we're talking all the way up into the 120s, wow. right? So we're yeah. talking like high, super high levels of leptin. And then when you get into the more healthy range, the 20 BMI, we're talking about a range anywhere between 2.4 to 13. So like three to 15, somewhere in that range, mm. right? So, and the reason I'm bringing it up in this way is because we need some form of leptin, but the most important thing that we can do is get the weight off and shrink those fat cells to tell, to allow the balancing process to begin. Yeah, because it, it's so much like any other signaling mechanism in the body where when we have too much of the signal, we start to get numb to it. We start to like 
tone down our reception of that signal. Just like if you walk into the same type of environment every single day, you get numb to, you know, whatever's on the wall or whatever the ambient noise is. You, we have a way to, um, to kind of filter those things out. And the same thing happens with insulin. And then in, in this case, leptin, where our receptors, we have to, to keep making more and more and more receptors. But at a certain point, we can't do that anymore. So we have so much leptin coming out, but we're not intaking the signal. And that that leads to compounding problems over time, just like with insulin resistance, but for slightly different reasons and with, with different effects. But this is just overall part of what's happening in that weight gain cycle. But this is also why it can feel like it's harder and harder and harder to actually lose any of the weight as we get more overweight, as we accumulate more. And then the problems just compounded with each year that we get older too, as our body gets a little bit more, less efficient each year too. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point of actually what's happening physiologically is, is like, I always think of the the family guy, Stewie, when he's trying to get Lois's attention, mm -hmm. or yeah. if we want to go back to the peanuts where, or the Muppet babies, where it's like the <laughs> want, 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 want sound. Right? right. So we talked about inflammation at one point and, you know, stress can, can cause chronic inflammation, high levels, elevated levels of cortisol. There's mm -hmm. a episode that we're going to be doing on visceral adipose tissue. And there was a correlation statistically with its relationship to C-reactive protein. So what happens yeah. in leptin resistance is your fat cells are producing it, your low levels of C-reactive protein go up and then they bind to the leptin and that doesn't allow the leptin to get through the blood-brain barrier. So it's literally mm. like on the outside going wah, 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 hey, hello, hello, yeah. I'm over here. Can you see me? And that's why we <laughs> see these high elevated numbers in the higher BMI categories because your body is trying to produce more to get the same effect. And that's the same thing that happens mm -hmm. with insulin resistance. It's not as effective. So if you eat a meal that has a certain blood sugar response and your insulin isn't as effective, it requires more insulin to shuttle that energy out of the bloodstream. Yeah. So it's this mechanism of like, we've got this, I don't know how many pronged problem, right? Right. <laughs> and it's like, well, what do I do to balance it out? Like I. I mean, leptin's good, right? But I have too much of it. So how do I get off the crazy train? Yeah. Or how do I get off the vicious cycle? And that's what I want to go into now, Tommy, is unpacking some of those things that we can do to counteract this vicious weight loss cycle of craving, overconsumption, poor energy, want, 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 leptin's not being mm -hmm. received and the leptin ghrelin, the hunger cues are there, but, the, but we need it to be more balanced so you can actually like feel in control again and continue to get that weight off, not by doing yeah. the low and slow method, which is being in a chronic caloric uh, deficit and trying to work mm -hmm. off all of those extra calories. Yeah, especially when insulin's high, whenever we have multiple eating opportunities every single day, especially when we're doing like four or five, six smaller meals all throughout the day, especially when those are calorically restricted and adding on the exercise and, and other ways that we can expend more calories, right? Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently, um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, FASTING4LIFE to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old, has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child, and we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out 
um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code FASTINGFORLIFE to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the fasting for life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in and now back to today's episode. So I want to make one thing before we transition into that is, is just for clarity. So a couple of things to know if you have insulin and leptin resistance go hand in hand, right? Mm -hmm. So weight loss resistance, insulin, that's why I started the episode by saying the word resistance, that category of thought process, right? Sure. So we have a guide. Uh, it's an insulin assessment, which is going to give you some insight into knowing whether or not you have insulin resistance It's a subjective quiz. You can find that on the website under the resources tab. We'll mm -hmm. zoom it over into your inbox. And then a few other things. One of the things that's also in there is the weight circumference, right? So that's another metric that we look at. Mm -hmm. The visceral adipose tissue, what's on your, you know, what, what, what fat you're carrying that's in between the organs that's increased the risk of metabolic diseases and heart diseases and those types of things. But specifically for leptin, if you're testing, you want to get this tested in a fasted state mm -hmm. and you should really see your number be 10 or lower because this is something that will fluctuate throughout the day with feeding mm. cycles and those types of things. But based on those ranges in a healthy BMI between 20 and 25, you're going to want to see a fasted uh, leptin level of 10 or lower. And that's going to give you just at least a baseline uh, to know kind of where you're at and whether or not, it, you know, it's not your lack of willpower, your lack of exercise, mm -hmm. uh, your poor functioning thyroid kind of. It's, yeah. it's, it's that you have a resistance that we need to undo and we're going to show you how we're going to do that. And, and what we typically see 
is, you know, those hunger cues starting to balance out and people regaining control of those cravings. Yeah, we have a few of those those key points that we can take action on like now, one step at a time even. It doesn't all have to to be changed overnight or or all in one fell swoop, but things that help to control those insulin spikes tend to be uh rebalancing for leptin as well. So like the fact that a leptin imbalance means more craving and more feeling like I just ate, but I'm, I'm hungry again, like super fast, or it, it almost feels like that because the, the body's like missing the signal that I just brought in more energy. First of all, it already missed the signal that I have extra fat cells or I have extra fat stores. I didn't really need to be bringing in more fuel. And then it continues to miss the mark because it's missing the signals from the new food that I just brought in. So if I'm, if I'm starting to remove or lower the number of times that I'm being exposed to these foods that are highly insulinogenic, that are like the highly processed foods, especially, then that lowers the insulin levels, which is going to help balance out the cravings that helps to balance out the leptin levels as well. So those two definitely go hand in hand, right? Yeah. So what I just heard there was, was making better, uh, dietary, dietary choices, right? Sure. Yeah. And the main causes of leptin resistance, you know, are related to an array of lifestyle, dietary, environmental, and health factors, right? Like we talked about sure. the stress, the sleep, the inflammation, the resistance, the, you know, all of those different types of things. So we're going to want to attack this from multiple different angles, but mm. simply the best place to start is going to be staying consistent with your fasting windows. Cause there's an article, Tommy, that you had mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. that, and I thought that's where you were going just a second ago, was that when we looked at the 72-hour fasting window, what happened to leptin levels? And then conversely, what we see during our challenges and our continuity membership and our support, our, our group coaching yeah. um, that we do, and, and kind of what we see over the timeline of about 30, 60, and 90 days, we really use those 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 fasting windows from 18 all the way up to 72 hours. And that seems to be the magic sweet spot. Yeah, it does. And it was interesting because there's not a whole lot of data out there on right. 72 hour and like, and, and even longer fast, but what they were, what they were looking for in this particular study was to see what effect did a 72 hour fast have on leptin levels. So as they got into the fast, those leptin levels began to drop substantially. And they kept dropping um, all the way to, you know, basically near zero levels over that 72 hours. But what was also interesting was they had a couple of different treatment groups where they actually injected back leptin into those subjects. And so it was it was interesting because at 72 hours, you saw this decrease, but that decrease also went along with a decrease in other hormone hormone production as well and not in the way that we'd like to see. So we see a 40% drop in testosterone, for example, but that gets back to, to the fact that leptin is a key regulator in the synthesis of multiple hormones throughout the body. So that's not necessarily the ideal way to do it. To your point, it's not always about pushing to the next longest fast. Let me just go ahead and do a, a five-day fast or- Let me or do a, a two-week fast. Let me do a 21-day right. fast, right? Yeah, that does yeah. First of all, that doesn't seem fun or sustainable. Right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so let's let's not veer off the path into the extreme. You right. know, some most of the time it falls the answer falls somewhere in the middle. So for perspective, you know, if you're someone who's 
30, 40, 50 pounds overweight, and your fasting serum leptin is 45, then it's a good idea to get your leptin down 10 or 15 points in order for weight loss to occur. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Fasting up until that 72 hour mark, if you're in that higher level beginning starting point, is gonna yeah. drop probably around 10, 15, maybe even 20 points. Yeah. And then Great you're point. going to be in a place where your body can actually receive the signal and then mm-hmm. start that fat burning process. And that's one of the takeaways or one of the things you can do to help this is stay consistent with those fasting windows. But secondly, is really veer, uh, move towards the lifestyle eating or the, the dietary uh, recommendation of more of the getting into ketosis and staying in ketosis because ketones will, um, will actually accelerate that, that balancing process Mm-hmm. And staying in ketosis will allow you to stay in fat burning longer with your leptin levels being lower. So I've done keto with short-term results. I yeah, had a whole nother bad. host of things that I screwed up along the way. <laughs> so ke- yeah, getting ketones produced, which you don't have to do a, ke- a, a, a keto diet. You can sure. get there through consistent fasting windows, but it's not a bad idea to add in some of those higher fat foods as well. Yeah. And, and that's, that's part of this whole like poor signaling problem that we have going on is that when we stay consistently in sugar burning mode, and then we're fueling the fire every three or four hours with more processed carbohydrates, more things that are highly insulinogenic, we we're just wreaking more havoc on these signals within the body. So should we cut out carbs completely? Absolutely not. There's no reason we don't need to do that. And we have multiple episodes where we we discuss that topic right there. But at the same time, if we can work towards, you know, one better meal at a time and one better, more consistent fast at a time, then now we get to start making substantial progress on multiple fronts here where we can start seeing the scale move in the right direction and start to see balancing on the insulin side, on the leptin side, and then on a whole host of other factors too. A couple of things for clarity there is you said sugar burner, right? So what we mean by that is not that you're ingesting all of the sodas and the sugary drinks and the processed foods and the refined sugar, right? We're we're, we're saying that when the food breaks down into the glucose uh, molecule, which is the the energy right that either needs to be burned or stored the juxtaposition of that was ketones where ketones actually can get into the mitochondria and create energy quick more quickly Mm -hmm. um so when we're making that transition the last dietary recommendation i would make is be removing those inflammatory foods that we just mentioned as well as the refined oils the artificial processed ultra processed stuff and then really focusing more on the nutrient dense rich diet like greens vegetables low glycemic fruits berries are always great they got a good fiber content to healthy fats Mm -hmm. and then a good lean source of protein would really kind of sum up how we can get that inflammation down and then allow the leptin to be more effective without having to elevate the levels right so just for recap we've talked about fasting windows 18 Mm -hmm. to 72 hours one meal a day is a great place to start. We have a resource on the website, thefastingforlife.com under resources. It is the fast start guide, but we've just leveled it up and brought back a redone version, a leveled up version, in our opinion, of the mm-hmm. one page PDF guide. We now have 20 minutes of step by step videos broken down step one through step six on how to put more consistent one meal a day fasting windows in. 
And I just didn't want to forget to mention that because this is something we did way back when, and then it kind of went away. And we're like, mm -hmm. wait a minute, we have this resource that is like incredibly user-friendly and powerful. So we're bringing yeah. it back. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's all about the consistency here. So if you're if you're kind of knocking at the door or you've been doing maybe 16 hour um, with eight hour eating windows or something else like that along the intermittent side, but you're still not seeing any results on the scale or any of these you know, balance points coming back in like we're talking about, you might just need to push for a little bit more consistency and a little bit longer of a fasting window to give yourself the opportunity to start undoing some of those what for most of us is years of accumulation of, you know, maybe just a few grams to a few pounds per year here and there. And then that really start to add up over time. So building in some more of that consistency, getting the ball rolling is is where you want to begin. And if you're already past that level and looking for a little bit more of a push, that's why we have another challenge coming up here, April 13th, that we we take we we use one meal a day as a launching off point and we keep pushing into further and further balance um, and more movement on the scale and better results so we can really, really get the results that we're looking for. Yeah. So listen, you guys heard the the, the intro earlier about the, the challenge, April 13th. We're not going to go into a, you know, a, a diatribe on that in the moment. The, the reality is, is that we've leveled it up. It is now the seven day fasting lifestyle challenge. And yep. you just alluded to it, Tommy, we ramp you up into an ideal fat burning state. We're gonna give it all to you. You get everything mm -hmm. we have. You get us every single day. You get question and answer periods every single day. You get all of the resources that we have. You get access to our continuity membership group. We call it the, the fasting tree of trust, where yeah. <laughs> no everything fasting related is discussed from, from, diet, from digestive changes to struggles to wins. It's mm -hmm. all there. So you get everything. Um, and that's coming up on April um, April 13th, like you mentioned. So yeah. to wrap up today's episode, Tommy, I want to make sure that we give clear, concise action steps. We've mentioned the resources to help with fasting. We've talked about the nutrition changes, the dietary changes, right? Removing those inflammatory foods and, and improving the quality and nutrient density of the foods, as well as the, the clean animal proteins. Mm -hmm. um, the ketosis portion, trying to get into ketosis, fasting will get you there. You can do you know, increasing your fats like the keto diet can work. The, the fasting windows, the, the two things we haven't mentioned yet is really improving the sleep and focusing on sleep and then reducing stress. And those two typically go hand in hand. And those are two components that will feed insulin resistance and leptin resistance. Yeah. So simply getting outside and getting some sunshine earlier in the day is also another one, like a, a lower level. Hey, get some vitamin D in your life. And get moving, right? So sleep, stress, movement, vitamin D, get outside, try to, you know, shut the TV off, get it out of your bedroom, get the blue light out of your face before bed. Everybody has technology mm -hmm. all around us now. Maybe try reading or journaling or prayer or gratitude or take a mm -hmm. take an Epsom salt bath, something that you can start working on your uh, sleep, as well as putting something in that can help you de-stress from this, this just chronically stressed out Chronic. world that we live yeah. in. And it's hard to give like specific recommendations for this stuff because everyone's a little bit different, right? So I know for me, walking was a big change. When I just, when I felt like my, my stress was right, rising, I would just go for a walk outside yeah. 30 minutes and it would literally change my state. <laughs> 
um, by simple, and I didn't have to go get ready for CrossFit and, you know, pump myself up and yeah. go to the boot camp class, or I just needed to get my body moving. Right. So if you're dealing with these types of symptoms and you feel like you might have some leptin resistance, don't forget about the sleep and the stress yeah. and, and also get outside and get your body moving. The cool thing is how well all of those factors work together, because if I spend a little bit more time moving, especially like later in the day when my insulin spike is the highest after a meal, like uh, if, if dinner is my favorite meal and I usually have maybe like a 2 p.m. to to 8 p.m. eating window or something like that. If I get moving, it keeps me out of the kitchen a little bit longer during the day. Also makes me feel a little bit better. It drops my insulin and my blood sugar a little bit more. It helps me get a little bit better sleep. And then now we start to see how all of these things are like small little dominoes that really once I once I do one or two of these things, they all start to line up in, in place. Um, and I, I start to get the balancing effect much, much faster. And this can be all the difference between feeling like I'm, I'm just bumping my head up against the wall and not seeing the scale move versus everything starts to feel a little bit a little bit more intuitive and a little easier to make the right decisions each day that support my health goals. Yeah, and there, there's so much in this episode. So I want you guys, so just to recap, you can go to the website, to the resources, get the fast start guide with the new video support. So 20 plus minutes of video to go with that. We have mm -hmm. the insulin assessment that's in there. We've talked about the signs and symptoms and causes of leptin and leptin resistance. And my recommendation, if you're listening to this episode and you're driving or you're walking going, oh my God, there's so much here. Go to the show <laughs> notes and get the research articles, get some of the talking points, click the link, go to the website. You can read the transcript. Mm -hmm. We have the resources there for you. I just don't want anyone to be listening going, ah, overload, overload, overload. That's the sure, opposite yeah. of what we want. And then if you're looking for that additional support in a couple of weeks on April 13th, we have that next challenge coming up. That link is also in the show notes. Go click it, get more details, ask us any questions, shoot us a message. We are absolutely here for your, for, for you. And we're going to mm -hmm. be gearing up for that next challenge coming up in a couple of weeks, Tommy. So oh, yeah. lots of information so in this episode. We'll probably have to do a follow-up. We'll get a bunch of questions, <laughs> but that's why we are here. We are in it to win it. As always, sir, appreciate the conversation and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day -day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.